0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to New Glasgow Christian Church. My name is Stephen Weatherby, and I'm the pastor here at NGCC, a small rural church with a big heart located in central Prince Edward Island, Canada. This week, we are continuing in our series of messages based on Mark Moore's devotional book, Core 52. Each week, we will explore a key theme from Scripture. Providing practical insights and reflections to deepen our understanding of God's Word. Join us as we uncover the foundational principles that shape our Christian walk and discover how they can impact our lives today. There is a strong fixation in our society upon the supernatural, especially in the entertainment industry. Some of the highest grossing movies in the box office are horror movies. It might seem like a strange topic to speak on in a sermon, the supernatural, but as Christians it is something that we do believe in. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 44 says they are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Everything about the Christian life involves the supernatural. Death is a natural process But eternal life is not natural to our experience. Eternal life is supernatural. But John 3 verse 15 says, Whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our whole belief system as Christians is based on supernatural things. Creation, the Garden of Eden, miracles in general, such as the virgin birth, Resurrection from the dead, signs and wonders, heaven, hell, angels, demons, all of these things are supernatural. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So even faith itself is supernatural. When we started this section of Core 52, we introduced it as the bottom line. The bottom line is the final total of an account, the ultimate outcome. It's where you currently stand. So where do we stand? Well, we are all invited, we heard that last week. Many are called, but few are chosen. We are invited, but we must choose how to respond to the invitation. However, we've also learned that if we want to say yes, if we want to accept the invitation, become a disciple of Jesus, it means that we must pick up our cross and follow him. We must die to ourselves so that we can be alive in Jesus. We must allow ourselves to be transformed. That is where we stand, or at least a part of it. What else do we need to know about where we stand? Well, we also need to know what we are up against, what we face. Because we are in the middle of a battle. A spiritual battle. The war is won. Jesus has won. But the battle rages on around us. The enemy knows he is defeated, but he will fight until the bitter end. He will not stop until he is made to stop by God. But God does have a plan and our core verse this week explains that plan in Matthew chapter 25 verse 41 it says he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels and so from this verse we see that God has a plan to deal with Satan and his demons this plan is already prepared and so we need to realize that we are caught in the middle of a battle between good and evil that is not flesh and blood, but against forces that are unseen, forces that are supernatural, that we can't see around us. We are going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18 in this message. The chapter in the Core 52 devotional deals a little more with the specifics about the supernatural forces that are around us. But today we are going to focus on practical application, and that is how to prepare and defend ourselves to face those forces. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and be in strength of his might. which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We tend to believe that the reality of the spiritual realm is a small and tiny piece of our existence and our reality. But the truth is the opposite. Our physical existence is actually a small and tiny piece of our spiritual reality. So if we believe in the supernatural, and if we believe that it matters deeply, then it it matters that we protect ourselves the way scripture tells us to, and the way that Jesus himself did. So today we are going to talk about the armor of God. Beginning with truth. Truth holds our life together like a belt. It gives us direction and purpose, and it can free us from sin. John chapter 8, verses 32 to 34 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. If we are to hold our lives together, we must hold to what is true. The problem is, we are continually being fed and sold things that are untrue. The world and the media around us is filled with lies pumping us with falsehoods that are intended to trap and deceive us. And what happens is we become slaves and willing followers of this world without even realizing that it is happening. And so it is very important that we hold to what is true. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The first tool to defend ourselves against spiritual warfare that is raging around us is to cling to truth. The second tool that we have at our disposal is righteousness, which guards us like a breastplate. The typical Roman soldier wore a protective covering called a breastplate, which would cover the vital organs like the heart, lungs, and liver. If any of those organs were injured, the life of the soldier would be in serious jeopardy. If we try to run into this spiritual warfare that is raging around us with only our own righteousness, our own moral compass, our own good deeds, we will never succeed. We need a righteousness that can only come from Jesus. But he does give us that righteousness, and he does give us the ability to pursue it. Doing what is good and what is right will help to guard our hearts. But ungodly living will endanger us and make us vulnerable to attack from the enemy, especially attacks in the form of emotional guilt. When we consider what our righteousness looks like, we can see a picture from Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6, which says we have all become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. That is what our so-called righteousness looks like before God. But listen to what Paul has to say about the righteousness from Christ in Philippians 3 verse 9. He says, Be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So when you are under attack, when you stand accused, whose righteousness do you want to be your guard against it? Your own or the righteousness that comes through Christ? The third tool is the gospel of peace, which is crucial to our ability to stand. To do battle, a soldier must be prepared to go. And so a pair of good, strong sandals were absolute necessities. Likewise, before we can do battle, we must also be prepared. However, the difference is, our preparation comes from the gospel. The gospel is the good news about Jesus, and through it, we can tell others how they can have peace with God. True peace. Peace for their souls. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17 States, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let me ask you this question. If someone walked up to you on the street and asked you, to share the gospel with them? Would you be prepared to answer them? Could you do it? Or would you say, you should come to the church and talk to my pastor? Listen, it is not my job to share the gospel with others because I am a pastor. It is my job to share the gospel with others because I am a disciple of Jesus. We all hold this hope. This hope that can literally transform lives and bring incredible peace. And we should all be ready to share it. Romans 10 verse 15 says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Fourth is faith, which is like a shield. A strong faith in God can protect us from every fiery arrow that Satan can shoot at us, such as things like false doctrine, temptation to sin, and persecution. But this faith only comes from and is strengthened by the word of God. As we just read in Romans chapter 1 verse 17, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Whether you are ready or not whether you are prepared for it satan is going to come at you and if you do not have your shield and if you do not have your shield up and ready if you're not investing in your faith arrows are going to get through the fifth tool is salvation which is like a helmet in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8 paul speaks of the hope of salvation as our helmet. So it is the hope that salvation provides us that can protect our minds against things like despair and fear. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Sometimes it feels like it has become the entire mission of the world to take our hope away, but the helmet protects our mind and our spirit from the continual onslaught of discouragement, fear, and discord. Yes, we do live in the world and so we do see and hear the same things that the world does, but the key difference is that we take every thought captive we can filter our thoughts through the truth of God's word. When we know Jesus, when we have received salvation, we are better able to know what truth is from God and what truth is actually lies from Satan. The Holy Spirit of God lives within us when we accept Jesus as our Savior, repenting of our sin and being immersed in baptism. And he helps us to know Jesus better. He helps us to begin thinking like Jesus. That is part of how our salvation protects and directs our thoughts, and the more that we feed our mind with good thoughts from God's Word, the more protected our minds will become. Salvation continues to make us more and more like Jesus, as we spend more and more time with Him. And how we do that, once again, is number six, the Word of God, or the Sword of the Spirit. This is the first offensive weapon that we get. And it is a powerful offensive weapon. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So again, we are in the midst of a spiritual war. And we cannot adequately fight if we do not have a sword to fight with. And so I ask, how much of God's word are you carrying around with you? Where is your biblical knowledge at? And I don't ask this to try and shame anyone or to make anyone feel bad, but I do say it as a challenge because we do want to be as prepared as we can be. This is important. This is the whole point of Core 52 for us to get to know our Bibles and the themes that run through it a lot better. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, sorry, verse 1 to 11, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he fought back with scripture every single time. A soldier would never go into battle without their sword. It would mean certain death and defeat. Neither should we go into battle spiritually without our swords. And that brings us to the seventh tool, which is prayer, by which we remain watchful. This is often missed when we talk about the armor of God, but while it is not given a cool armor metaphor like the rest, it is indefinitely included in this list by Paul. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus taught that we must watch and pray lest we enter into temptation. That sort of watchful prayer is effective because it is a prayer made with perseverance, as Jesus taught in his parable, The Persistent Widow, in Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. Regarding prayer, elders are supposed to pray for their flocks, and that is something we should be doing. But it is not just the role of a shepherd to pray. Paul asked the church in Ephesus to pray for him as well. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20 says, Pray also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So it's not just a shepherd's job to pray for their flock, but it is also the job of the flock to pray for their pastor. Because prayer and scripture are the two offensive weapons that we are given. And so as I conclude today, If you believe in the spiritual warfare that Jesus and Paul both warn us about in Scripture, then it is time to take up your weapons and put on your armor. The beautiful thing about this spiritual war we face is that as it was stated earlier, it is a war that is already won. It's been won on the cross by Jesus, which is the completion of the gospel of peace with which we are also equipped. That is the bottom line this week this is where we stand we are at war yes there's a spiritual war raging on around us here and now behind everything you see in the news behind all the suffering and brokenness the struggles of your life unseen spiritual forces are battling with each other and while the war may be won the battle is still raging And there are still lost souls on the line. So we must be prepared. We must put on the armor of God. We must tend it and take care of it. Keep it on and keep it ready. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that this week's teaching was a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you live in the New Glasgow area, we would love for you to come out and to join us for our Sunday gathering. For information on service times, location, and more, check out our website at ngcc.ca. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening and have a great week.